Hey there, this is Cross. And I'm PJ. And we are Words and Whiskey, a podcast for veteran and novice readers alike. We tackle fiction novels and love to talk about what we're drinking. You should think of us as your intoxicating weekly book club. Absolutely, you should. And Crossland, you just jumped right into this. I was not prepared. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. We didn't really give ourselves a whole lot of preamble room. But this is kind of a surprise episode for for a bunch of different reasons. So, I mean, surprise. (laughs) Surprise! Hi! (laughs) It's not your normal release schedule time. This is true. This is true. So we we typically try to just do our one episode a week or what have you. But this is kind of, it's a special week for a couple of reasons. The the big announcement, of course, has been that Red Rising, the sixth book, has a release date. And we also have an announcement that there's a seventh book. So sometime in May, we're going to be getting Lightbringer by Pierce Brown, book six of Red Rising, the third book in the second trilogy. And... Sometime after that, we're going to be getting Lightbringer, which will be the seventh and final book in the Red Rising series. So The fourth book uh, in the second trilogy. Yes, the fourth book in the second it's trilogy. It's really pulling a Douglas Adams on that one. <laughs> it's true. It's very Douglas Adams. That's, that's a hysterical comparison. Yeah, so very, very excited for this news. As we'd kind of mentioned, we, we'd kind of game-planned our... We'd done this twice now, <laughs> truth be told. We had game-planned our series reads and how we read them to kind of play around the release dates of potentially both The Lost Metal as well as Red Rising. And so the way that we had kind of created the timeline for, that I had created the timeline, I should say, for Era 2 um, was such so that we would get through it and then by the time we were done, my thought process with where I had originally guessed almost a year ago where when Red Rising 6 would be released was either late this year or early next. With the May release date, I was I was tragically wrong. Yeah, maybe a little bit. It's, maybe. it's not that far off, but it does throw a wrench in our plans entirely. Yes, yes. And I'm very excited for two books, don't get me wrong. I definitely want to, want to talk and kind of pick at your, your brain, your thought process for what you, what you think about this being split into two books. But before we do that, I just want to kind of clarify our schedule and our plan of what we're going to do. And then we'll talk a little bit about the the tasty news bits mm-hmm. for this quick special episode. So what we've settled on doing is originally we had, we were going to read the Stormlight Archive to follow up finishing Mistborn era two. We were going to just jump right in and continue with like this year of Sanderson in parallel with these four books that were coming out. Because of this shift in release date and it being released in the middle of next year, I really don't want to interrupt us in the middle of covering the Stormlight Archive with this sixth book, um, because I've always planned to go back and to finish this book when it was released. So instead of starting and then stopping and then restarting the Stormlight Archive, we are instead going to be filling in with a different book series. PJ, do you want to say what that book series is? The Greenbone Saga by Fonda Lee. We're going to cover the Greenbone Saga by Fonda Lee, which is a very exciting series. It was one that we had initially put in our poll. It was not the, for the record, it was not the one that tied Mistborn. That was the first Law series. However, it was one that I desperately wanted to cover and I think deserves a lot more attention than it's even getting at the moment. I don't know. I don't, I haven't seen any podcasts cover it in quite in depth or in the style that we have so that there isn't something that exists in a similar kind of brain or branch. And it's also an opportunity for us to try something really different. And so we're also going to be doing something really different with the show. It's not just going to be me and you anymore. <laughs> it's true. 
Yeah, we're adding people. We're bringing people in. We're bringing some friends in to discuss this book series with us. So, Crossland, would you like to tell the people who the people are? I will tell the people who the people are. We are going to have, in addition to our lovely selves in each and every one of these episodes, we are going to also be joined by Ben and Aaron from HowlerPod. So with that, they have not read the series just like you. So they'll kind of be on your side of the fence, the three of you versus me and Thomas Boomhauer from High Key Obsessed. So Thomas is... Should be good for most of the episodes. Might not be able to make some of them just because of conflicts. But for the most part, will be a frequent guest, if not consistent star with us over the course of this sort of 20-episode block where we'll be tackling the three books. So that's the game plan for early next year. The way that I've blocked out right now for The Lost Metal may change, but it should take about five episodes to cover, it front to back, and then a, a wrap-up episode. So once we're done with The Last Metal in the second week of January, we will begin the green bone saga in earnest so it should be a lot of fun getting some green bones up in here some some green bones you don't even know what that means you're just I have no idea saying shit <laughs> I, I recently i shared out my list of like my top 25 favorite books jade legacy the third book in this series was the one that i picked to represent it and it is and I know we're, we're all team anti-hype and team no-hype here, but I do want to at the very least say that this is my, my fourth favorite book of all time. So I'm very, very excited to talk about this with all of you and get to bring you through. I know that Thomas is excited. I know that Ben and Aaron are pumped. It's going to be a little bit of a, a fun twist on the, the show. It's going to be a blast. I always love yeah. having conversations with all of them. So having them all together here is going to be delightfully chaotic. And, oh, I'm so excited. And mm-hmm. it's a new it's a new series. I think it's a new genre for me, right? Like it's not sci-fi fantasy. It's I'd call it crime fantasy, if that makes sense. That's cool. Yeah, I'm in. It's, yeah, I think it's urban fantasy technically by designation because it takes place in kind of an urban environment, urban world. Yeah, I'd call it urban fantasy. Perfect. It's yeah. going to be fun. It's it's very exciting. I am very excited to be covering the series and to get to chat with you. But I think we should probably talk about the series that disrupted our plans and the one that we first covered, you know, that the show has kind of spawned under Red Rising and the news that we have two new books. What do you, what'd you think about the announcement? What were kind of your first thoughts and impressions? So my first thought was not actually that the seventh book was going to be the end, but is going to be the third trilogy. <laughs> And I don't think that's actually the case because I think there was a lot more context to it than what I actually heard. All I heard was two more books. Here are the names. That's kind of it. And I heard it from you. So like, you know yeah. exactly what I heard. So my, my initial thought was like, maybe that's starting a second trilogy, but I don't, I don't, or a third trilogy, but nah, probably not. I'm pumped though. I think that means that there are all of these things that are happening and they all need resolutions and... In order to not have a fucking, like, Bible just plopped on us, breaking it up into two books makes a ton of sense. So Not only that, but I, I'm i sure you haven't heard, because you have received all of your information from me, but book eight, or book, excuse me, book six is over 800 pages. All right, so we are getting a fucking Bible dropped on us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not even talking about seven. Like, what? It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be big. That's a that's a thickum boy. Will that all fit on my bookshelf? Yeah, it'll fit in its own row. That's what I'm wondering. Will it all fit in one row, or am I going to need two rows 
for oh wait, it'll for it'll series. all fit it'll all fit in one row pj you've got mm-hmm. the four stormlight archive books there those are each over a thousand pages like you're fine yeah, good point <laughs> good point it'll eat, eat up most of a shelf though mm-hmm. i'm so, okay with that it can go right next to your fancy Greenbone saga books i want to get those so badly <laughs> They're very, very pretty. I own a pair. I own a set of the Illumicrate Edition. They're one of my pride possessions that I've gotten over the course of the last year. And I did a lot of hunting to get them when I did because I originally missed out. And then I managed to get them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very exciting. With that, I, I think I wanted to like bring up a couple of like thoughts regarding the, the series in the whole. So I think, like you were saying, logically breaking this up into two books makes a lot of sense because there are so many things that are left kind of un resolved right i mean just looking at threads of characters we've got almost the entirety of whatever is going on in kind of the backdrop apple we've got ajax to resolve we've got all of the different kind of planning and schemings of like atlas and and the whole thing there we've got quicksilver and lyria's story going on on the side where well the the city right that was built by gil rosti's uh, that we have to deal with. There's just so many different threads that are spiraling in different directions. And the last book also seemed to implicate the idea that the Rim was going to be entering the conflict. And that seems like so much to try to tie together in a single book. And I'm glad that it's being split into two Yeah, in the end here. Yeah, I think so too. But Lightbringer and Red God. Any takes on that? Lightbringer was kind of proposed and theorized for a long time. Like, it had been the placeholder name on a bunch of different websites and makes a lot of sense from, like, the Morningstar to Lightbringer kind of tie. But Red God, what do you make of that one? Or or the other as well. Like, what are your thoughts on just the names in general? Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on the side of Lightbringer. For me, it was totally Luciferian, and so I believed that Lightbringer made the most sense as a title. Breaking it up into two words is weird, but I understand why you would do that to keep the parallelism of the series going forward. You know, Red Rising, Golden Sun, Morning Star, you just want to keep that kind of break up um, as much as possible. So that makes sense, and I, I appreciate the parallels there. Obviously, we know that Lysander's grandfather, Selenius, was named the Lightbringer. Was it his I don't think it was his grandfather, uh, inher- like the person that he inherited the the throne from in the long term, the Morning Throne, was kind of passed down through the line of Selenius. And I, I think that that 100% makes sense for that. As far as Red God goes, I was not quite prepared for that title. I was a firm, I was a firm believer that if there was going to be something else that might be released, it would be like Blood Red. And I was, in my presuppositions that we had inside of our Patreon Discord, I was of the opinion that we were going to get a little like novella or something else kind of accompanying the story. And I figured it would be from like a different perspective and something like Blood Red. Because I was like, there's so much to cover. Like he's going to just break off a little chunk and like do it as a novella. That makes sense. Um, but to get an entire another novel and then to end it and have it be called Red God is has such dramatic implications for Darrow. Like it does. Do you think that's a final title? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Uh, has he written it yet? He is not done with it yet, but he has already begun writing. I believe that there was a trans, a small transcript of a section of things that he had said that was recorded and kind of released. It was something along the lines of, like, he's very close to being finished with it, but not quite done yet, so. Okay, gotcha. There, 
there isn't a formal release date yet on Red God. I would imagine they'll be split apart by a year. Some people are supposing that maybe it'll be as soon as six months, but I, I think I doubt six months. I think I believe a year. Yeah, I could. Then again, how much of this has been planned from the start that he's been doing like the groundwork for both of them at the same time? I don't time? know, man. Like, I don't know. Well, I, I think that on the whole, the idea of the series and the way that he probably wanted to pull it together and end it was probably in his head. So he probably knew and then just didn't realize how long it was going to take to get there, which is, I think, why we end up with kind of two books. Hmm. But yeah, I'm not 100% on the rest of the conclusion. It's it's a tough thing to work out. I mean, it'll it'll be a fun, kind of a fun thing to see unfold over the course of the next year. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. So, with that, I want to just any any other thoughts on the the book announcement, book release? I don't think so. Okay, cool. With that, I do want to mention we have we have all intent on coming back and doing the Stormlight Archive uh, after we cover Lightbringer, and that will be the series provided we don't have some crazy announcement happen in between. As such, like, if book seven comes out within six months of Lightbringer, we'll probably just go right into it. The other thing with the Stormlight Archive that this will let us do is it will let us more closely align with the release date of the fifth book in the Stormlight Archive, which is going to be coming out in 2024. Can you imagine? It's 2022 still, and we're planning what we're reading (laughs) into 2024. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's kind of cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is all supposing we don't get hit by a bus on the in-between or you know, oh, we will. anything else. But if, if you know anything about our, our planning, plans change. But for the time being, the plan is to go do the Greenbone Saga, to then go back to Lightbringer, to go to Stormlight Archive, to go to Red God, and then the future is ours. That's a good amount of things. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 only other thing that I wanted to make sure that we kind of maybe clarified is we still plan on reading the books for the year of Sanderson quarterly when they come out. The plan is still right. to follow along with those for short pours as they come out each quarter. Yes. So a little bit less like digging super in to the detail of everything, but we're we're gonna try to give it as much as much attention as we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it'll, it'll be good, too, because it'll be a nice break from Brandon Sanderson, given I know like a lot of our listeners that followed between shows, uh, read all of the books and have read and continued on to read Stormlight Archive and things like that. And now us covering them at the pace we do meant that they're like, oh, my God, this is like three years of me reading Brandon Sanderson. So it's nice. I think that we're getting a little break in and we're we're kind of doing this in an expedited timeline, you know, effectively five months to cover the Greenbone Saga. And yeah, get to have a bunch of our close friends on. Very excited. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Woo-hoo. super excited. Um, one last note. In the mail yeah. yesterday, I got some playing cards. Woohoo. Woohoo. They're really pretty. They're really, really pretty. So these were the um, Midnight Cards release with all of the art from PB Doodles, as we've interviewed on the show yeah. before. But I have a question for you, and maybe you can answer it. Maybe sure. I need to search elsewhere. But... I've gotten several like higher end playing card sets and all of them have an extra four and queen and I don't understand why. So 
you shouldn't have an. I don't. I don't know why any higher end sets would do that. I know that with every deck, they were sending a random card made holographic, not just fours and queens. You just happen to get a four and a queen again, which is <laughs> that's some conspiracy brain shit. <laughs> like I think it's the the first playing card, Chris Ramsey's playing card company. One of them has like an extra four just randomly in there, and one of them has hmm. one card that's queen on one half and four on the other. Like, hmm. so I saw that. I'm like, there's got to be a reason behind that. I think he just likes qu- queens at fours, and it's just ironic that I like. It's just serendipitous, I guess, that I got these. <laughs> if those yeah. are truly just randomized, I would bet that. I I feel like that would make the most sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's kind of funny. It's very funny. It's kind of... I don't even know what to make of it. Again, like I said, that, I'm sure, filled your conspiracy juice brain quite a bit. Well, I, not not conspiracy so much. Just, like, I, I, wouldn't, I wondered if there was a reason behind it for, like, printing sake, for, like, quality assurance sake. Like, mm-hmm. that was just the standard used. But... Yeah, could be. I don't know. It's fascinating. I don't know. I don't know, man. Cool. All right. Well, with that, we will see you for a weekly episode wrapping, or our penultimate episode, where we're going to be talking about the Hero of Ages. And yeah, see you guys soon. Bye.